Hey everybody, welcome to the Art of Relationships show. Gonna have some fun today, or maybe it's gonna be disappointing, but I'm here to help you have the relationship you crave, and we're gonna be talking about, you know, truths about desire and what you think sort of enhances your sex life and the desire and the want to attack each other, right? Um, we're going to get at that right after this. So do not go anywhere, people. Be right back with the Art of Relationship show and talking about maybe some myths, fairy tales, and also ways to kick up desire in your relationship or marriage. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Art of Relationship Show. I'm your host, as always, uh, Love Guru Greg, <laughs> Greg Dzinski, fully licensed professional counselor, relationship and sex specialist, have been for over two decades now, and going to be talking about desire and what a lot of people assume trigger desire, and that's one of the big discrepancies out there, right? They always say, oh, men want sex or desire women or sex a lot more than women. That's not always true. That is a myth, okay? And before I continue, make sure you drop in your comments down below your questions. I'd love to add excuse me, answer any of your questions in my typical uh, tripping over my tongue brain fart, if you will, a little bit. So talking about desire, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of people assume they associate, you know, love and caring with, you know, desiring a person. That is not necessarily the case, okay? Yes, love is important. Caring is important. Let's be real, right? We want to love one another. We want to care about each other. We have compassion and empathy in relationships. That's what I promote, right? And even with, you know, relationships, I talk about the total connection. I mention this, you know, even in my books, even in, you know, my episodes like I am now about the total connection, about the mind, body, heart, and soul, okay? And again, it's not perfect, okay? And a lot of people assume, well, if I feel respected, right? Well, it's important, terrific. If I feel cared for, if I feel loved, I'm going to actually feel so much desire and passion for my person. Oh, my God, I'm going to rip her or her clothes off all the time. That's not true. It might be a component, yes, but you think about it, right? Let's think about it, right? Okay, do you love, respect, you know what, care for your relative, your mother, your grandmother, your grandfather, father, that type of situation? Does that mean you have desire for them? Ew. Okay, (laughs) as I gross everybody out. You get my drift though, right? You might have a friend that you love and you care for that friend. That doesn't mean you sexually desire that person. So there's a lot of myths out there. And matter of fact, if you look at the element, you know, everybody assumes need and caring go into desire and actually, you know, feeling needed or, you know, wanting to be needed or cared for or kill desire. If you think about this aspect, okay, if your partner wants to feel needed so bad, 
oh, please let me do this for you. Please let me do that for you. Please let me, you get, you get where I'm going with this, okay? So does that kill desire or does that make you more horny? Does that make you, you know, more desire your partner when they're acting so caring or needed by you? No, it kills desire, okay? Let's be honest, let's be real in those situations. And we're going to come up to those aspects where a lot of people are like, huh, what? Think about this, right? Does your mother want to be needed by you, right? When you were a little kid or even a teenager, and there's a lot of fighting back and forth, right? That your mother still wants to be your mother or your father or grandfather, whoever raised you, cared about you, right? Your sister, your brother, that type of situation that doesn't necessarily kick up desire, okay? Or passion, not at all. So there's a huge myth. Yes, we want to be loved. We want to be cared for and have compassion and empathy in a relationship. I promote those things, but there's a there's sort of a, a hitch, if you will, to where that doesn't necessarily bring up desire. And if you think there's a lot of people in roommate air quotes, right? Everybody hates air quotes in a situation where you live as roommates. Okay. You loyal to each other. There's no cheating. You respect one another, but you know what you think about sex with that person. You're like, you know, no, not at all. I, I just don't feel it right. That chemistry, that vibe is going on. So I'm here to help you. And what do you do to kick up those vibes and that energy when it comes up to a relationship and you know, what sort of triggers desire, what you can use to trigger desire in your relationship. And a lot of people will look at, you know, both partners need to be on the same page. Let's be real. Okay. You know, you might want to have a tickle fight, whatever, and kick up passion that way. And your partner might not like that. So you have to do what works for each other. But a lot of people are, you know, maybe BSing themselves. They're lying to themselves. What really kicks up desire, right? Because you want to cuddle and feel safe with somebody. That doesn't necessarily mean you want to have sex with that person or you crave them in an animalistic sexual fashion, okay? You can be just friends and cuddle bugs and all that aspect. Great, terrific. But most people are in a relationship or in a marriage, not all. Again, I'm not judging or being biased. Most people are in a relationship or in a marriage, right, for sex too, right? That's a huge component of it. Other than that, why would you be in a relationship or a romantic relationship or a marriage if sex wasn't a component? Again, I'm not judging or bashing. If you are one of those individuals, then you need to be with someone that could care less about sex. Again, it's not a right or wrong. It's what works for you. But when you're talking about compatibility, most people don't want just friendship. And this is one thing that a lot of people uh, we'll talk about, right? I want to be friends first in a relationship. And friends are important in being friends and trust and loyalty. But that doesn't necessarily mean you have desire or you have chemistry, sexual chemistry with that person. Say you be friends and you're hoping it turns into a romantic interest or sexual chemistry, right? And you're hoping it does. A year later, eh, it still might. Five years later, it still might. Ten years later, it still might. You get my drift. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to turn into sexual chemistry of what you crave in a relationship or what you might crave in a relationship. Remember, drop your comments down below, people, okay? Not a big deal. 
and throw out your your questions, your comments. I, I'd love to see them and answer any questions possible I can, okay? And again, the show, it, you know, it's not to replace couples therapy or, you know, therapy, psychotherapy, counseling in general. It's here to help you kick up your relationship that you can implement in your own life and you can start it right now today, okay? So <clears throat> going back to, you know, the friend zone and I get that a lot of people on my posts and I respect it, right? Well, I'm looking for friends first. Well, you can be friends, right? But most people are not looking for maybe friends if they're looking for a romantic interest or looking towards marriage. They're looking for the sexual chemistry to go along with the friendships. So everybody talked about that friend zone, right? How many people have been friend zoned in their life? And most of us have, let's be real, okay, where they have person, you know, they like you, they want to hang out, have fun, but just let's face it, that sexual chemistry just is not there or that sexual appetite or desire is not there for that person. I've friend zoned people before, I'm sure we all have, and we've been friend zoned. So there's a huge myth on what correlates to desire in enticing you know, that craving for one another on that level. So a lot of people you look at that might fight and argue and all of a sudden they rip each other's clothes off, right? That, you know, make up sex, if you will, that they crave each other after making up sex. And a lot of people don't get that because, right? Oh my God, we're in an argument and fight. But it you sort of stand your ground when you argue. And I'm not recommending this, okay? But when you get in an argument and people have makeup sex, they sort of get it. They feel that animalistic craving for each other because you're maybe your own person. You're taking a stand. You're having your own individuality. And it's not in a mesh situation where your identity is sort of blurred together, right? And a lot of people might not know, but have you heard of, I'm trying to do this, the Venn diagram. That's a poor example of it, you know, where you have the interlocking circles, the relationship, you know, is in the center and then each person or whatever on the left side or on the right side, the integration. So when a lot of people get a mesh and they lose themselves, they sort of lose desire for their person or maybe use lose their sexual desire um, for themselves as well when it comes into that realm in a relationship. So that can kill it as well. So you look on, okay, um, a mother's caring, a grandmother's caring, let's face it, a father's caring, sister, brother, whatever, right, is not a turn on, right? So what kicks up desire is novelty, eroticism, right, maybe playfulness, having fun. And people heard me talk about this before, and I mentioned one aspect is maybe having a tickle fight. You have a tickle fight. You're outside maybe having a... Uh, you know, a water balloon fight or, a, you know, fight with the hose. Well, maybe not now in Michigan, but <laughs> in the summer, right? Uh, everywhere else has warm weather. Yeah, great. You can have fun. Um, you, it, you know, sort of kicks up the passion and the energy that you have between both of you. You can laugh together. You can be playful. And a lot of people you look at in the dating realm out there, they want somebody that, can banter with them. A lot of people, right? It's a huge turnoff if you can't banter with your partner. You joke around, be playful, or the one person, or maybe it's you that 
gets their feelings hurt. And there's not that, you know, and I'm not talking about the difference, you know, guys ripping each other, you know, uh, ripping each other, being disrespectful, according to women. I'm not talking that, but the banner where you can be playful and joke around and sort of, you know, joke and rib each other now and then without being, you know, disrespectful. And it can be fun. That banner going on. A lot of people look for that in the dating realm because they know it can create a lot of energy and a lot of sexual tension from that banner and that playfulness that you have back and forth. And a lot of people, right, are you turned on by someone that is a doormat, that is a people pleaser, that is always about yes, dear, you know, yes, yes, sir, yes, no, you know, those type of situations. Did I say yes, no? That's a contradiction. Sorry. But you're able to look at that are always people pleasing, that never stand up for themselves. And to a lot of people, that goes back down to not being a turn on for most people because they don't stand their ground. They don't have maybe proverbial backbone and they're not able to, you know, stick up for themselves and put their foot down and say, no, how many people want someone that sort of can put them in their place once in a while in a respectful manner? We, you're not talking about disrespect. Okay. So a lot of those situations you look at come from the playfulness, the banner, the novelty in the relationship, right? And a lot of people will, they go through the same routine every day, right? You might give each other a hug or a kiss like grandma, like you kissed your mom on the cheek or that type of situation, or you hug each other like a mom or, you know, you're hugging your grandma, grandparents, that type of situation. That does not bring eroticism at all. That doesn't bring passion. So again, I'm going to say, you know, a lot of people that say they want to be friends first, how many people have said, I'm not looking for friends? That's if I'm dating and I'm looking for a long-term relationship, no offense. I'm not looking for friends. I'm I want that in a relationship. Don't get me wrong. But I'm also looking for the banner, the playfulness, and of course the sexual chemistry that go along, right? It's a excuse me, a lot of people might look, I have a lot of friends. I, I don't want another friendship. I want a romantic interest. And part of that, let's be real, is the sexual chemistry. Do you vibe and your toes curl when you kiss each other, you know, when you even see each other, that you want to, you know, rip each other's clothes off, that type of situation. Not all the time, but in that sexual chemistry doesn't have to be the animalistic all the time. No, it can be loving and sensual and slow and eye-to-eye contact. Absolutely. And it can be that part of animalistic where you just want to ravage each other, right? So there's a lot of myths out there, and I'm going to clarify them, and a lot of people might argue or disagree with me, and that that's okay. But I'm looking at statistics. I'm looking at research, and I'm also looking at my own work, you know, with couples, with this realm about the sexuality and the discrepancies and what triggers it. And we know, right, exhaustion, you know, being a kid all the time and, you know, a lot of mothers or even fathers that are around the kids all the time, right? It's ma, 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 dad, dad, dad. And then someone wants to be sexual with you and you're like, oh my God, and someone else, you know, give me away. I get that. And that's where that energy, that separation from the kids, that enmushment with the kids and the parents need to come back. And I always say, I've had a couple, you know, in my office last night and talking about this, that there has to be a union of you two together. 
step families are different, but you know, if you come together, have kids together, you need to make that relationship a central part. And part of that is being able to enjoy each other, you know, hold each other, touch each other, kiss each other, and have sex with one another, right? Most people crave that again, not all, and it's not a wrong. I don't want to be taken out of context. If you could care less about sex, that's okay. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just you need to be with someone that's on that same page with you, or it's going to be a disaster in a relationship. There's always going to be that tug of war that's going on, and I'm not talking about that the healthy banter tug of war going on, the playfulness. I'm talking about ideation and about the, the sexual chemistry and the sexual compatibility that goes on. So I want you to be able to look at what are you doing to increase the eroticism in your relationship, right? And this goes for not just women, but for men. And for ladies, what is it about romance novels or shows that kick up eroticism for you? And eroticism, you know, a lot of people, let's be honest, right? Guys jump right to eroticism is sex, erotic, right? And But for a lot of women, it might be the teasing, the playfulness, you know, the, the seduction throughout the day, the mental, the emotional, the verbal aspect, even texting, right? That seductive, erotic aspect. And this is where you need to be able to teach each other what is eroticism for you. What might be, you know, novelty. Some people win, a, you know, they might run a 5K. I don't know why, but anyway, and they're excited. They're all pumped up. Woohoo, I did it, right? And coming up in Detroit, it's hilarious. Uh, they always have the turkey trot, you know, downtown, you know, around Thanksgiving. And it's freaking hilarious. People dress up, you know, in costumes as turkeys, pilgrims, which isn't great, right, because of the Native Americans. But, you know, people dress up as turkeys, chickens. It's a lot of fun. It's hilarious. And, you know, it's the playfulness. To, you know, what pumps you up? What brings passion to you when you get a promotion, when you get you know, maybe the job you wanted, you pass an exam in school and you're all geeked up because you thought you failed. It gets you pumped up in passion. That gets you more in the mood, right? To have sex. So what would you do to create that in your relationship and to bring novelty and to bring, you know, the mystical element back into your relationship and the playfulness, right? And the big, uh, you know, arrows. Everybody talked about, you know, the Greek goddess of you know, arrows about, you know, seduction and the playfulness and, you know, that you turn somebody on. And that's usually what happens. And the difference between, you know, friendship is the sexual chemistry between lovers. It's the, you know, the passion, the desire, the craving for each other. If you want to call it the pheromones that trigger within each other. So, I hate to tell you, it does happen. I've had, I got friends that they were friends and the chemistry developed over time. And I tell them, that's great. That's terrific. But I'm going to tell you, that is single digit percentages, right? It usually does not happen. And I'd rather go with the percentages. Again, there's always outliers. There's always exceptions to the rules out there that, oh, you want to marry your friend. Because sex isn't everything. How many people, how many heard that from their parents, their grandparents, whoever raised you? Oh, sex isn't everything. Then why are you married? Why are you in a relationship? Why don't you just live with a friend? Why don't you just live separately and have friendships outside of that? Because most people want more. Or some people will look at, well, it's the only way I can have kids. It's the only way I can be taken care of financially. It's the only way, 
You get me? I get the family I wanted. Does that trigger desire to you? What would your partner say if you're honest and open and saying, oh, you know what? I want a family. I want to get married or have a relationship and live with you, but I don't want to have sex with you. We can just raise the kids, be co-parents, and be friends. How many people would want that situation? Let's be real. There's some out there that do. Again, I'm not bashing. It's being on the same page, and if two people want that, terrific. Yeah, I want happiness for everybody, okay? But most people don't want that, and they're going to look at, eh, or some people are going to look at, and they're going to change their mind, right? Oh, they'll want sex. They're just saying that, and they don't. They're being honest, and then you look at, you get married, right? And then you have a couple of kids, and now you, what happens, right? You get stuck, and I don't want everybody, anybody stuck. Or, you know, do you end up in divorce because of that? Or one person cheats, and I never condone cheating, so please, no. And then the one person that maybe doesn't want to have sex at all, doesn't care about it, and the other one goes out and has sex with somebody else, cheats, and then they get upset. Why did you cheat it? I mean, you, you're like, but you don't want sex. You flip the script, and I'm all about fixing that and healing that and looking at what can kick up the desire and playfulness in a relationship. And like I mentioned about, you know, a while ago, a couple months ago, when I talked about desire again, you know, desire equals pleasure. Let's be honest. The more pleasure you get, the more you desire sex, the more you desire that type of connection with a person, with your person. Okay. And you think about in a relationship, how many people have had hot sex with somebody else but you didn't get along. You were fighting all the time, right? And people look at, why would you want sex? Because it's hot. You had that animalistic um, you know, craving for one another, but you didn't really get along that well. So there's that myth out there that, yes, you can be friends, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the desire and the sexual craving is going to be there. And again, we're not talking that that's there 24-7, no. But it's about what do you do to make it an important element, a priority in your relationship. And it's hard to do, especially if you have kids, right? Or or health issues, right? There's people that have maybe high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, you know, back problems. They've been in a, you know, maybe a bad accident or degenerative arthritis, those type of elements that go on. And it might be, you know, painful and it's very difficult, you know, that's where the friendship and everything come in. And can you still kiss one another and still touch each other in an intimate way and not just in a friendship way to keep the element going and the eroticism and the spark going in your relationship, right? So hopefully these tips will help you and you can kick up the desire and the novelty in your relationship and the passion going. A lot of people want that. They crave that. I crave that. Let's be honest, okay? But it's looking at, I want, most people want to be craved by the person they crave. Let's be honest, right? And a lot of things that turn people on are knowing that they are turned on by their partner. And I put a post on Facebook a couple of days ago about, you know, most women, they get turned on knowing they turn their partner on. Let's be honest. And let's face it, I, men are the same way. There's really no difference. It's a huge turn on knowing that we turn our person on. That's why it hurts so much for men and women if they get rejected from sex or you know they don't feel like they're turning their partner on. It hurts 
very, it hurts a lot. Again, everybody has a right to say no, but then you have to look at what's going on and what is going to be able to kick up the eroticism and the sexuality and the passion in your relationship. So put some of these tips in place and you can follow me all over the place, social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just look up Love Guru Greg, okay? And the audio version of the show is always available. Look on every listening platform on The Art of Relationships show. My website, theartofrelationships.org. Peace and love to everybody out there. Take care and everybody have a safe day. And let's keep promoting peace and love in the world. And let's get rid of hate and racism out in the world, okay? Peace and love to everybody out there. Bye-bye.